0: Fresh cup of Co. I do, although it wasn't fresh because, you know, it was brewed at 6 a.m., but it's still Don't you warm.
1: just have that hooked up to an IV drip or something? I should. Totally yeah. should. Yeah, I was talking to a, a friend of mine at, on a Teams yesterday. He was like, I am super caffeinated right now. <laughs> Overly caffeinated. And he was just buzzing the whole conversation that was like an hour long. Oh, man. Yeah, I think that... The, we, we were kind of overcompensating for a <laughs> lack of stimulation, or something. Probably. Oh man, yeah. So, uh, you want to talk about this Twitter thread? That absolutely. I'm likely <clears throat> leaving structural engineering a thread. So, uh, so this is a Twitter thread. There's a little bit of a caveat right in there, right in that title, right? Likely leaving. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's fair. I think it's uh, these decisions aren't forever. But this was a, a Twitter thread started by M. Claire, who is an engineer. And I think that based on some info that's been shared, it looks like a in Los Angeles structural engineer with some
0: complaints. Yeah. I mean, thread is is certainly a good way to explain it because there was a lot of uh, thread pulling after the rant. And I don't even want to call it a rant. I just think it was a... It was like a series of observations, right? <laughs> a bit of soul searching of the observation of, hey... This is what I see even though they were specifically talking about it being part of the engineering world it most certainly is something that crosses all bits of the architectural and engineering world. Yeah. Yeah. It was it resonated with I'm sure old timers, new timers, any timers. Really. Any timers, yeah. I I was thinking uh, we, maybe we'll just
1: set set this up just to let everybody know that that we'll put a link to the beginning of the thread in the show notes. And you can sign up for the show notes at arkaspeakpodcast.com on the right-hand side of the webpage. You can get that emailed to you, or you can, in your podcast player, just check out the show notes. And then, as of this recording, there are 200 likes, 43 retweets, and 28 quotes. So it did kind of spark a pretty good-sized discussion after the fact. And I don't know that we'll have time to get into that today, but um, I just wanted to put all that out there before we kind of jump into... Some of the main points that she mentioned, and also, like as Cormac just said, similarities to, let's just stick with our profession. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely, it resonated for sure. I think it resonated with a lot of people, and like kudos to at M. Claire for just like putting this out there, because I think a lot of people won't even go that far, right, to put this kind of thing out there.
0: Right. And the thing that I liked about this soul searching of what, why they're likely leaving the structural engineering world and why many young architects feel very much the same way is beautifully highlighted in her experience in the um, structural engineering world that is absolutely step for step similar to the architectural world totally lockstep in in the worry that i have with everything that she had highlighted is this in engineering is everything that i see in architecture that you know what we have here is we have the inability, there's a, a multitude of things, but one that she's, you know, highlighting that we have talked about, you know, in the struggles, especially now in the COVID timeframe of things, is mentoring and or being a, yeah. or lack thereof in being able to capture or captivate. Let, let's not say capture, captivate people into a love affair with the profession from the get go, and we're just not doing that. You know, when people. In in the threads down below when, you know, people are talking about, you know, their own experience or here's one specifically where they were like, I think it's so important that graduates and students understand the reality in which they are entering. Yeah, And I'm assuming the reality of the profession that they're entering. And the thing about that is, is that that's actually more daunting. That's a sad a statement. It totally is. Yeah. Because what they're doing is basically saying, you don't know the shit you're getting into. Right. Right. Yeah, and
1: and honestly like to me this is a letter that leadership really needs to pay attention to. And I don't just mean yeah. like a leader of a firm. I mean like the leadership of this profession. And you know, I think that comes at many different levels that's not I'm not in any way saying that that is a top down kind of a thing. Uh, leaders know who they are. Leaders are people who are willing to do something about this. Um and for the leaders that are not willing to do something about this, you really need to take note that this is a sentiment expressed widely across the profession. I believe, you know, as you just kind of laid out, she did start off by mentioning the lack of mentorship, the mm-hmm. lack of opportunity. The, mm-hmm. th- there's, there's so much disparity between kind of the path that people are pointed down in their educational cycle of their career versus their actual professional cycle of their career. You know, the, everybody's talked about the cycle of paying your dues, and you know, you've got to go through these different hoops and and spend you know spend your time and 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 work your way up and all and and basically, to me, what the, if you really step back and take a look at this? There very much has been, and we we touched on this in the last episode, talking about kind of the neutering that happens upon many individuals, too many or. Yeah, I guess too many individuals within the profession. You just kind of become numb to it. It becomes a, a clock in, clock out, day to day, no passion, right. passionless kind of pursuit. And it is and she mentions the assembly line, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. that that kind of aspect of it. And and we do definitely see that and with with students coming out where they have a certain set of skills with technology. And she touches on that in the thread as well, as far as like how much aptitude and competency it takes to run the technology that we're uh, that we're using on our projects and because of that there's like a pigeonholing that happens right and i think a lot of firms look at students as operators not creators and and so there's there's a lot going on here and again like i guess to kind of bring this back to where i started was i think this is totally on leadership to create an environment that these people who have the potential to be passionate about our chosen profession to thrive within. And I don't see that necessarily happening. I definitely don't see that happening widely.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I was kind of hoping that you would touch on and you, you did a little bit and I might want to ask you to in just your current role at your firm, you know, touch on, and we've talked about us so many times about the lack of innovation in the software that we use that we're letting other, we're basically turning it over to somebody else to figure out how we work more efficiently. Yep. And, you know, they're like, well, you know, yeah, I see what you guys are doing. And, you know, I think that there's a way for us to improve on that so that we can be more creative and we can do better work and do different things. And why are we constantly continuing to basically we treat software as, you know, the evolution of the pencil. It's like, okay, you know, here's another way for us to draw all of this stuff. Right. And it's not, here is another way for us to innovate or elevate or, you know, like alleviate. And, and these are the things that just, I just don't understand why we don't embrace those. And, and you had sent, you know, a follow-up text from somebody else who basically was a programmer, looking for or an architect or an engineer I'm I'm not sure what his background is that is looking for programmers in the architecture and engineering fields not in in our field to help innovate the profession rather than outsourcing it to people who don't have an idea about how we work and how we think and how we do things isn't this what the advantage of having the rebellious youth come in and see how we're doing things and say, oh, okay, I I can learn from you in the more analog way of thinking for how to do calculations for spans and my load path diagrams and all of these other things that the structural engineer is asking the junior structural engineers to do. And those things, you can pass along that kind of information or that kind of experience to everybody one way, shape, or shape. But it's how do you actually do your work so that when you are passing that information along that it's not just, hey, let's you know do it the old fashioned way and it takes us forever to do it and it helps the way that we're doing it can create conflicts and constraints that otherwise we could be working around so that we can actually do a better job at what we're doing and so that we can actually, because you see this whole kind of notion of, you know, most people are like, oh, well, this is how we've done it. I and mean, I don't know how many times you've heard, whether it's in the construction side of things or the architecture side of things or engineering side of things, this is how we've done it. Yeah. Not always the right way. <laughs> and you've done it this way, but now you're asking people to do it a lot faster, which means that you're not getting efficiencies out of them. You're not getting any productivity out of them. That's going to make you more profitable or anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's uh. That's a frustrating experience for sure. And I, I, you know, the video that you're referencing was it's posted on YouTube and it's on the Bad Monkeys uh, team site. If you check out uh, their their website, but basically it's a uh, you need to come work with us if you fit this criteria. And it's basically kind of speaking directly to many of the points in this tweets Twitter thread that I. I and not on purpose. Like This is just who the bad right. monkeys want to hire. And to me, um, we'll put a link to this one in the show notes as well, but to me, this is the kind of recruiting video that every firm should be striving to make. Right. Which shows, and it asks for the passion. I mean, you, basically, you're looking for the people who want to make things better, who want to change things. and And yeah, I mean, we do treat the... We do treat the latest technology as just a sharper version of the same pencil, I think, in many Mm -hmm. regards. Um, We are asking for things to go faster and not necessarily understand them. I think one one of the sayings that I've really latched onto in the last year is go slow to go fast. Really understand what you're doing and why you're doing it so that you can fly when you get to the point where you need to instead of going fast just to go fast and making a mess and breaking things and then having to pick up all the pieces over and over again. I mean, that we know where that leads as well. So great. kind of going slow to go fast is is a, a great way to think about it, and it's also a great way to approach tech, new technology especially. Really understand what you're doing so that you can leverage it, right? It's a tool. You need to apply leverage with it. And I think I, I love some of the things that he says in this video. Again, link to it in the show notes. But he talks about that he's looking for somebody who – is mad about the way things are. He wants exactly. somebody who's dissatisfied. He wants somebody who pissed off with the software that we're forced to use because it sucks, right? He wants to find a passionate person who wants to do something about it. And I love his kind of call to action, and I think that this is sorely lacking, again, kind of bringing it back to my earlier point, with architectural firm leadership today, which is, you have to create an attractive thing that people want to be a part of. And that can be the firm culture. It can be the type of work you do. It can be how you affect your communities. It can be all of those things. And it, and it probably should be all of those things because if you want to keep somebody, something that she mentions in her twi- Twitter thread, God, I just can't say it, Twitter thread. Um, is, you know, there's a lot of jumping around and because there is a lot of dissatisfaction in the types of right. work that people are doing. And again, they're kind of getting pigeonholed into certain types of work and not getting the opportunities to grow or to find something that they really love in the profession that they really can latch on Rather, they're just kind of working as a as a worker on the assembly line.
0: Yeah, and I think to just go one step further, it's not just necessarily the dissatisfied in... The work that they're doing. It's how they work and how that particular firm does their work and approach is the approach and the growth of that particular person. And I think that's what you meant. I guess I'm just mentally kind of like expanding upon it, just thinking that, you know, the way, I mean, I kind of had made comment about capital A architecture and, you know, how it's in in a way it kind of angers me that people think that one architecture is better than the other. And, and I think you know, across cr- the board, and here's where I go up on a weird little mini rant. Um, that across the board, any architecture is great architecture, as long as you are bringing passion and a thought to it that is going to elevate it beyond, you know, just. Here's four walls and here's a roof and it's just because any contractor can do something like that. Anybody who doesn't have any like, you know, real skill can basically make four walls and stuff. And what we're trying to do is elevate anything that we touch to be, you know, better. So I, I, th- I think, you know, the type of work that people do is is one thing, but the way that they do it, I think really truly is, you know, maybe at the heart of, you know, her, her Twitter feed is we are working in such an archaic fashion in a period of time when we should be elevating the way we work, not just how, you know, what we work on, but how we actually work and how we actually do those things. So that in the case of like what we are living through right now, where everybody's working remotely and things like that, the tools that we use to actually get the work done sometimes aren't quite the right tools. And if there are more innovative tools out there that can make us work better, more collaborative and things like that, like what, you know, bad monkeys is trying to do will actually help us improve not only what we work on, but how we actually work together on it, regardless of where we're at and what we're doing and things like that. And so it goes back to the, that initial statement that I says that, you know, we don't do enough to captivate people into having this love affair with the profession right out of the box. And we just, for some reason, we aren't, we aren't, we aren't telling them that, Okay, understand that there are going to be some pitfalls. There's going to be a little bit of ups and downs. But overall, though, what I really want you to do is really enjoy this profession and how you actually work within this profession and be as much of an active contributor to the elevation of the profession rather than just kind of just say, okay, you know, here's your uh, place on the assembly line. You're going to be in charge of bumpers. Yeah, I think there's good news and bad news.
1: And I'm not really sure which one of these fits which one of these because you're going to have to figure this out. But Bad, the, the good news is there's you know she mentions wanting to potentially leave structural engineering to go and do building with code. And the good news there is there's definitely companies that want people to do that. There's ones yeah. who see all of the inefficiencies and the crap that the professionals are dealing with on a day-to-day basis and want to do something about it. The bad news is it's not the companies themselves who are doing that work who are going to do something about it it's these other ones and i think i think that yes. is bad for the profession um, yeah especially when you do have this talent wanting so badly to make a difference and they have to leave your profession to do that i mean right. obviously this is a side lane to the profession and they could of course come back to the profession but my guess is they don't want to come back to this profession. They want to come back to a better profession, and that's why they're right. going down this side lane. So, to me, right. like, like again, that this the the leadership dropping the ball here with creating an avenue for people to do this within the companies, and this is really like at the core of my work that I'm doing in in my group and in, in our in our offices is to create it within the confines of our yes. enterprise. Uh, because if you don't do it, somebody else is and i want right. to i want to do it in our profession so that we can attract the best talent in our profession i don't want to have to lure somebody back from something else that they might have already tasted um and potentially enjoyed and would never come back to right so i want to give that opportunity right here right now for the people who are right here right now uh, and to me that is what more firms need to be doing uh, we are never going back to hand drawing ever right. people <laughs> We're
0: not got to accept it. Dang, it dang it but I mean you're you're absolutely right and so you know I mean you, you and I've talked about this on on numerous occasions that the only real way to enact a change is from within start that revolution from inside the profession um, whether it's starting small and it's inside your firm and having them be rethink that okay the only you know let, let's liken it to the auto industry that the auto industry doesn't go out and ask other people how to innovate in their profession. They're the ones who know how to make cars. And so they're the ones who spend lots and lots of money in you know, research and development to improve upon the the car industry, you know, whether it's through racing or anything else. I mean, there's innovations that they partake in that they're helping control the direction of their own industry. And the problem is, is that we for some reason, feel like there's a big disconnect between innovating in our profession and the tools that it takes to innovate in our profession. And they shouldn't be, oh, well, we'll go and get, you know, we'll we'll go and ask this person to you know make this tool for us so that we can go ahead and get better. It's let's make that tool because we know what that tool is supposed to be to to make us better. Better than the people who would we would go and try to explain it to them, and you know, it's always this email. It's like, well, you know, I could explain to you guys exactly what it is that I'm trying to say, or I can actually just do it and show you, and then we can all be better at understanding what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Yep. And and it just for some reason I don't understand why we disconnect ourselves from innovation. I mean, we shouldn't have, I don't want to pick on the technology companies that supply us with, but I mean, do these companies really, truly, I mean, we should have like every architecture firm on the board, you know, or like, let's just say the, the large firm roundtable that exists in the AIA, you know, they, they should also have a large uh, firm round table at every one of these software companies to basically interface and talk to you know, talk to them or have direct input from the profession on how exactly we use the tools and what we need and what type of innovation so that they can kind of keep pushing forward. Because I think you had talked about Revit being like, you know, a couple decade old software. All we're doing is just like tweaking it, but not changing it. What are these great innovations? Slanted okay. walls. Wall. Oh, sl- ooh, slanted walls. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know why we have divorced ourselves from taking the responsibility to innovate our our profession.